long after I moved to the area, I was hanging out at my sister Kate's house and one of my nieces, Indigo, who was four at the time, grabbed me by the wrist and said, let's go outside. And I said, are you crazy? It's Dalesford winter. But I was up for anything. So I, with, along with her, we put on all our woolens and we went for a walk into their organic apple orchard. We were walking along through the mud, singing and flicking mud off our shoes and having a ball. And we saw in the distance that there was a ladder leaning against one of the trees. And there was a man atop the ladder. And we walked towards him and he saw us and he came down the ladder. And he put out his hand and he gave me a big toothless grin and he introduced himself. And that was the first time that I met Ian Clark. Ian Clark was born in the 1940s in New Zealand on a conventional farm. And what a growing up on a conventional farm meant in those days, and maybe even today, was that lots of poisons were sprayed all over the trees, um, and some of it landed on uh, the people who weren't wearing protective gear, and on many occasions that was Ian Clark. So he had many lesions on his face and on his ears and on his hands and on his body. And sometimes they were weeping, but they always looked very red and sore. I didn't see Ian for many years after that. Occasionally I'd see him in the distance at my sister Kate's house, up a ladder or admiring the trees or looking at the blossoms or taking a bite of an apple just to see if it was ripe or not. Um, so Ian was a biodynamic orchardist and his farm in New Zealand was one of the first farms uh, ever in New Zealand to transition to biodynamics. And Ian also worked at a hardware store in Ballarat and as he was approaching 70, I saw him a few times up the street and he was so excited to be finally retiring. And one of the reasons how he was excited was because he could come and join the community gardeners at one of our working bees, at many of our working bees. The first uh, working bee that he came along to, he bought his secateur and knife and loppers sharpen, sharpeners and he polished all of our pocket knives because they had to be clean before you were interacted with a tree because he didn't want to spread disease. And Ian stood in front of one of the trees, and these are the trees outside the library that Patrick talked about two weeks ago. And he said, before you interact with a tree and you uh, do any pruning, you have to state your intention to the tree, even if it's just in your mind. Would you like to make this tree more beautiful? Would you like to get rid of the coddling moth? Would you like to make it more healthy just in general? Are you pruning for the fruit set for the following year or for even the following year? So we gave the trees a really good prune after we had set our intentions. And then Ian got out his very uh, lightweight chainsaw. It's one of those battery electric plug-in kind of ones and you could use it with one hand so when he was on top of a ladder he could sort of reach out and chop some branches and so he said now I'm going to do something very dramatic and we all gasped thinking what's he going to do is he going to chop down the trees but no Ian introduced us to what's called a girdle cut and a girdle cut is unlike when you ring bark a tree when the the cut goes all around the the base of the tree or anywhere on the um on the trunk a girdle cut starts at the top and then moves around, so the two edges are like that, so they don't actually meet. And that was to slow this, the flow of sap, because the roots think that there's lots of branches and they're going to send up lots of sap in the springtime, um, but that was to, to slow the flow so it would just grow in its own time. Um, 
<laughs> so my partner Patrick and Woody loved Ian's technique and his knowledge and they decided that they would, would ask him if they could uh, be Ian's apprentice. So they studied with him, they learned a lot of knowledge from him that he was very generously um, able to pass down to them. And so much so, uh, Woody looked up to Ian so much that he, for his sixth birthday, all he wanted was a pair of secateurs. So we kindly obliged, <laughs> and my parents bought him a pouch that he, you often see him wearing his secateurs in his pouch very proudly. Uh, so Patrick and Woody decided that they were ready to approach the trees in our, um, on our property. We have a quarter acre. We have 150 fruit and nut trees crammed in there, so it's pretty intensive food growing. Um, so after they'd finished uh, one afternoon pruning all of the trees, Ian came round the next week to inspect their handiwork. And he walked round looking at the trees. He walked down what we call the birth canal, which is the path that leads from the street down to our house. And there's nashies, and he looked at the, the apples and the pears and the plums and the peaches and the almonds and apricots and all our trees. And then he got to one tree that was behind one of our tiny houses. And he looked at it and he considered it for longer than he'd looked at the other trees. And he said, this tree is sad. This tree holds the sadness for the rest of the other trees on this property. But this tree is happy to hold the, the sadness of these trees, of the, all the other trees, and it's gonna put all that positivity into the fruit. Now what Ian didn't know, and what Ian couldn't have known, is that before Woody was born, I had three miscarriages. One of those was in New Zealand, two of those were at home, and we buried those blood-filled bundles underneath that peach tree. And I thought about Ian, and I thought that he's just like one of those girdle cuts, that he is brave, he is bold, he is able to take risks, he was able to approach life as it was presented to him, but what he was really good at was looking at the future with a deep, intuitive understanding of what lies just below the surface. Thank you. Stories handed down, stories passed around. Everybody's got a story they can tell Stories to make sense In this old world's defense Just make sure you say it well And the story takes you there